are listening to The Great Light Podcast, a resource aimed at building up the body of Christ and engaging the lost. This podcast is a production of Great Light Studios. For more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like to support this program and the ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so easily and securely through our website. There, you can also find both video and audio versions of the podcast. We're setting a context. We're setting a context for where we're at, what this story is that we're in as disciples of Jesus, what this reality is around us. What and, and In this episode, we're going to talk about what is our purpose? What is the purpose of humanity as a whole? But that's going to tell us what is your purpose, what is my purpose in this world as an individual? Why does God want us here? Why did he put us on this earth? So in the last episode, I talked about a series of small little books that have a lot of the information that we're talking about in the foundation series. And so I'm, I'm going to read a little quote from one of those books called, uh, called The Kingdom of God. The section I'm going to read is why Christ created man. So it says, the dominion of darkness through Satan's competing kingdom on earth set the context for the creation of man. Many people answer that God created man in order to love us. God is love. Amen. But God plainly speaks the reason for our creation in Genesis 126 and 128. To subdue and rule over the earth as fruitful image bearers. God chose to judge rebellious creatures through faithful creatures in his image. We are God's partners on earth. We are God's answer to an enemy denying his glory. So what this is saying is that within this story, there is this angelic created being of God, Satan and his fallen angels that have rebelled against God. And now they are affecting the earth with darkness. God chose to create human beings, creatures that were going to be created in his image, which we're going to explain what that means more um, here in a minute, creatures that were created in his image to partner with him to bring back order basically in the earth, to put forth his image in the world and to subdue, Genesis 120 uses that word, it uses that word subdue, that mankind was commissioned to subdue the earth. So going on in this quote, it says, the word subdue in Genesis 128 carries great significance. Some have tried to redefine this word to suggest gardening or caretaking, but its usage throughout scripture consistently and clearly means forcing into subjection something hostile to control. Soon after Genesis 1-1, one-third of the angels refused to submit to God's rule, and so God created man to bring them under submission and to rule earth in God's authority. In his first great commission, God blessed Adam and Eve, which in the Hebrew means to endue with power to accomplish a specific task. So what he's telling us here is within that word subdue, there's a lot more going on there than what I think a lot of people say that it's simply, like he says here, like gardening or caretaking the earth. The word subdue has uh, has in mind within that word, it, it, it assumes that there's something hostile. There's something that is out of subjection. Out of subjection. There's something that is um, an enemy. Something that needs 
brought back into subjection, something that's out of order, it's out of control, and it needs brought back into control. So I think within that, what, what, it's, what it's pointing us to, again, is Satan and his fallen angels where they were hostile in the earth, they had this influence in the earth, and God created man to partner with him to subdue his enemies. I want to look at uh, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, which he referenced to a lot in that quote. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. This is hugely significant to the purpose of man. And, and we're going to explain here in a second what, what does it mean that man was made in it? What does it mean that man was made in the image and the likeness of God? And he says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and again, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I think within that, it's an, there's an insinuation, I believe, of Satan and the, the powers of darkness that were in the earth. God was telling them to rule and have dominion over them. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God created man in his own image. And God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This is telling us right here, I think as we unpack this, as we study this more, as we talk about this more, as we learn more what is being said here, this is telling us, I believe, your purpose on earth and my purpose on earth. This is answering the question of why are we here? Why do human beings exist? What is my purpose? What is my destiny? So God chose to partner with his creation, mankind, to refill the earth with his kingdom and to subdue the enemy powers of darkness. What does it mean that humanity was made in the image of God? Mankind was created to be a physical, visible representation and expression on earth of who God is, his character, what he's really like. Mankind was created with the capacity and purpose of showing forth in the universe the perfect goodness and holy character of God. And as his ambassadors and representatives to spread his light, truth, peace, and righteousness through all of creation. So we are made in the image of God. God made creatures that could uniquely express and communicate in the world his character, who he is and, and what he's like. Human beings are creatures that were made with a unique ability and capacity like this to, to, to bear God's image. We were created in his image. No other creature was created this way. Birds, fish, uh, the beasts of the, the field, all the other animals that were created, nothing else was made in the image of God. Nothing else was made with the ability to show forth in creation the character and nature of God, to, to represent fully God on the earth. So I don't think the image of God here has anything really to do with the physical characteristics of man, um, especially like the, the female and male uh, aspects. God is not a human man and he's not a female. Uh, that's, that's not the point. I think male and female, both together, when, when both male human beings and female human beings together are operating 
as they were intended to in a faith-based relationship with God. Together, they express the image of God more fully. Man alone, the male aspect of humanity alone, doesn't fully and as perfectly represent and tell us about God uh, as it does when both male and female together are functioning as God created them to be. That is a more more full and perfect uh, image of God being expressed. And so God wanted the aspect of male in humanity and the aspect of female, the differences that both of us bring to the table. When those are operating together, as God intended, that is the full expression, uh, the, the expression of God's image that God created humanity to function in. I think all this, ultimately, again, it, it comes down to, I think, the character of God that's being expressed. It's, it's who God is, his glory, that mankind was made uh, with the ability to represent in the earth. This is going to be explained a little bit more as we look at these five purposes that Genesis 1 uh, 20 gives, that God gives for man. He tells them to be fruitful. So when I see this, what I immediately think of is Galatians, uh, I think it's five, and the, f- the fruit of the Spirit. So mankind was made to function and operate and consistently with the fruit of the Spirit. We were made to be creatures that consistently never moved out of experiencing and expressing characteristics like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, etc. These are the characteristics that mankind was made to function in and operate in. I think this analogy hopefully will help um, us understand this. So I'm going to draw a, a kind of bad illustration. But a lamp is designed with a specific purpose and function. It's designed to give light, right? But if a lamp is going to give light, it has to be plugged into a source. If the way a lamp is designed is that it can't operate the way it's supposed to unless it is plugged into the source. Its components uh, were made and designed in such a way that it's dependent on another source. A lamp by itself, it might be, you know, have some cool designs and, and it might look good and look cool, but it's not really serving its intended fu- intended function unless it's plugged into the source. And when it is, it performs what it's supposed to do. It, it gives light. In the same way, we as human beings, we have uh, we have these five purposes that God gives man. But unless we're plugged in, unless we're plugged into God as our source, we can't do what we're supposed to do. We can't be what we're supposed to be. Because human beings are created as creatures who are designed in such a way that we're designed and our components, our makeup, was made to be dependent on God by faith. So in this analogy, the cord, the cable that connects us to the power, in the analogy, it's faith. Uh, It's trust. We are made to be creatures that must be in a trust, faith-based, childlike relationship with our Creator. As we're answering this question of what is the purpose of humanity, what is our purpose as individuals, I think it's important to have at the foundation this understanding that none of this can work. None of this can work for us. And this purpose that God has for us, we will never find, we will never reach, we will never discover or walk in until 
we connect to God by faith. So he tells them, be fruitful, the fruit of the spirit. I think this is a really helpful way to understand what it means that human beings are created in the image of God. And I think what helps, what's helpful for, to me to understand what that means, what does it mean? What does the image of God mean? What does it mean that we are created in his image? Well, part of that, I think, is the fact that human beings can express and operate in the fruit of the spirit. We can manifest things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We can manifest those outwardly to other people, and we can experience those things inwardly. We can experience inward peace, joy, hope, faithfulness, goodness, and we can express those to others in our relationships in the world. Animals can't do that. Animals cannot express this these attributes of God. These, the fruit of the Spirit, ultimately, these are attributes of God. These are not things that we can manifest up out of ourselves. I, I cannot grit my teeth and, and try hard enough and just try, try, try to be a loving person, to have peace, to have joy. The only time I've ever experienced any of those things is when, like a lamp, I plug in to the power source by faith. When I plug in, what happens? What happens when I, when a lamp plugs into the wall? It doesn't have to try. It doesn't have to work and effort and strive to make light. It just, light just happens naturally. When we put our faith and trust in God, when we humble ourselves and just embrace what God speaks in his word, and we say, I believe this, I embrace it as true, and I receive it for my life personally, that's like us plugging into that wall. And what that's naturally naturally going to do in the same way that light will naturally automatically happen by be, being plugged in, when we plug into God by faith, we will naturally manifest the light, this light of the, the fruit of the Spirit. This The fruit of the Spirit is light to the world. When the world sees things like love, joy, peace, patience, I, th I think there's a false version of those things, and there's a real version. There, there's a love that is fake and empty, and at its core, it's being it's rooted in actual selfishness. There's, there's, uh, but there's a real love. There's a real faith. There's a real, a real peace and joy that can be experienced. And I think we can see human beings who are connected to God actually manifesting a real love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. All these fruits that are real, they're rooted. And God, and I think again, God has to be the source of these things, or they they aren't real because God alone is the source of light. You can't have light without God. And I believe the fruit of the Spirit are aspects of light. They are light in the world, but we must have God. We must have the source of light to ourselves manifest light. I hope some of that makes sense. Um, but I think love, things like love, joy, peace faithfulness. These are all expressions of God's light in the world. So in Genesis 1, when he says, be fruitful, I think this is a lot of what he's saying. He was he created man and wanted them, designed them to go out and manifest in the earth these qualities, these qualities of the fruit of the Spirit. The next thing is he told them to multiply. So mankind was made, God wanted them to go out and not just remain two individuals. 
They were made as image bearers, but he wanted those image bearers to multiply and produce other image bearers so that the earth would be filled. There's, there's the verse, I think, in, in one of the prophets that says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. In a way, I think that's what God wanted. That's what God's intentions were for mankind originally, where you have this enemy of God who, ha- who was uh, residing in the earth, Satan, and that was affecting things. God wanted to partner with another created being, mankind, as his image bearers to go into the world and multiply, multiply the image of God so that all forms of darkness, all elements of the kingdom of darkness were brought into subjection and the kingdom of light had full dominion. The earth would, would then fully represent God uh, and, and bring glory to God. Like Romans 1 says, all creation speaks and testifies about God. That was God's purpose for the earth. God wanted to partner with man to bring the earth back into that place where it was functioning in that way. The next thing is fill the earth. He wanted men to multiply so that they would fill the earth, fill the earth, again, with the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? Well, it's this knowledge that, that is expressed in the fruit of the Spirit. When you see human beings manifesting things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and you know that it's real, it's sincere, it's true, that comes from God. God is the source of all light, all that is good. You can't have good without God. So when we see those fruits manifesting, we're knowing that that is what God is like. Human beings are supposed to manifest the good, the good character of God. We all want to know, what is God like? What is his personality? What does he think about me? What does he think about my life? When human beings operate in the fruit of the Spirit and they express that, it's a picture. It's, it's a clear representation. And it's light that goes out to the world, telling the world, who God is and what he's like. And it brings people to a knowledge of him, a submission to him, a love for him, as we know how good he is and worthy of our love he is. Mankind was made to fill the earth, to fill the earth with that kind of knowledge, that knowledge of God. And then it says subdue. We were made to subdue and to have dominion. Okay, I think both of these things Again, they involve Satan. They, they assume that there was something within the earth that God wanted mankind to subdue. There's something that was not in subjection to God. There's something that was out of order that God wanted mankind to partner with him to bring back into order. So this, this is the purpose of mankind. This is why you and I were created. This is our this, these are the things that I think we can say when we ask the question, why are we here? What am I supposed to do in life? We can go here and as we begin and continue to understand these things, what they mean, what does it mean to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. When we understand what these mean, these things mean that the application to ourselves, it answers that question of why we're here. We were not created to be suppressed uh, and and oppressed by sin, by Satan, by experiences in life, we were made to rule and to have dominion. But the only way we can operate that way, we got to be plugged into that source, which is God by faith. Uh, Places like Psalm um, 139, 13 through 16, and then Ephesians 2.10, it talks about God's intricate creation of us, his specific design for I, I believe every human being in the womb, he made us and he designed us in a unique way, 
unique uh, uh, to ever any other person. God has a unique purpose and calling for each one of us, for you, you who are listening. He has a unique purpose for you. There's a unique way that you fit into all of this. This These five purposes here that God has for man. There's a unique way that God made you specifically to walk this out. He created you, I think, with specific goals and and just desires and um, some, you know, I think obviously be careful with what I'm saying. I'm not saying all desires, all goals are from God, but I think deep, deep down who you really are, what God really made you to be. He made you to be somebody who walks out this fivefold commission in a unique way. I think for some people that's being a pastor. Uh, some people I think just have that, they were designed, they were made. I think they're the way they think, it's like deep down in them, they just, they want to teach, they want to shepherd people, they want to lead. But that's not what, it, this This doesn't have to look like that. Does This does not have to look like your typical understanding of what, uh, of what ministry is. It could be you have a passion for music and God wants you to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion in the form of making music or art or just at your day job or in your, maybe you just want to be a, a, a mother or a father. Whatever that is, God designed us to be human beings. He made us to be human beings who do human being type things, but he wants us in the midst of those activities to do this, to, to, to perform this fivefold commission. And so again, God, God made you uniquely. I hope that you would search that out, that you will pray into that, that you will think about that, learn what, why, why did God make you specifically? How do you specifically fit into this? How are you created? How has God wired your brain to think? Um, and so I think when you understand that, when you understand how you fit into this, it helps, it's helped me, and I think it'll help you find so much fulfillment and purpose and meaning in your life as you begin to understand why did God create me. So Ephesians 2.10, it tells us that God created us in Christ Jesus for good work. So I think what that tells us is, again is that ultimately this purpose of God has to be found in Jesus. That is when we connect to Jesus by faith, when we connect to God through Christ, that we begin to really understand what our purpose is. So the fall of man. Man obviously did not fulfill this commission. He he spoiled it. Satan, this adversary, this creeping thing, Satan appeared in the form of a serpent, brought deception. Uh, human beings disbelieved God's word. They did not stay plugged in by faith. They distrusted God, unplugged, and then were disconnected from God and therefore failed to fulfill this commission. They, they fell away from it. And obviously a lot of uh, negative things resulted from that. So man went off track from God's original purpose for him and failed to fulfill their commission to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule. Sin brings death to our life-giving connection to God and our ability to live in our created purpose and destiny. So Genesis 2.17, obviously one of God's warnings to man, he says, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So when we disbelieve God's word, we don't trust in him. We cease trusting in him. We turn and put our trust in ourselves or something else. 
it brings death. It brings a severing, a death to that relationship with God. And again, yeah, it's like it's like pulling that plug out of the power outlet. Our light goes out and we can't be what God made us to be. And that was what Satan wanted to accomplish. He came in with deception and he he knew that his words, his the things he would communicate, if mankind fell for it, it would cause them to become unplugged. He knew the authority that man had. He knew what man was put on the earth to do. He knew that if left uh, uh, as they were, mankind would rule and subdue and bring Satan and the and the adversaries of God into bondage. Satan didn't want that. And he stopped it, at least for a time. So Satan derailed man. Satan and the powers of darkness were not subdued and ruled over, but instead man succumbed to their schemes the sin of mankind allowed Satan to retain a place of power and influence in the earth. And he has been deceiving the nations and holding the whole world under his sway ever since. So these are some of the verses we read at the beginning. But first, uh, John 5, 19, it says, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Revelation 12, 9, that ancient serpent called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. So Satan is now, he has power. Uh, the whole world, because I believe of the fall of man, because they failed to subdue Satan, which God gave them the power to do that. They they did not do that. And so it allowed Satan uh, power over the earth to have a certain influence over the earth still. Um, and it says that he's the deceiver of the whole world. Because mankind failed to subdue the enemy as they should have, it allowed Satan to remain a force in the world to bring deception in, in this says in the whole world. And then 2 Corinthians 4, the God of this age, which I believe is Satan, uh, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So Satan, because of the fall of man, he <clears throat> retained a certain power and influence in the earth that he um, still has today. Sin also brought God's new creation under bondage to corruption and death. So Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, so also death was passed on to all men because all sinned. So it seems like here it's putting, it's, it's putting the fault on individuals. Adam sinned, but then because of Adam's sin, we all sinned. Every individual, I believe, at some point chooses sin and they choose their own rebellion against God, um, which brings death to all. Romans 8, 20 through 21, it says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not by its own will, but because of the one who subjected it and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So this is just, these things are just showing us the impact, the results of the fall of man. God had this purpose for mankind, why he created them. They fell into the deception of Satan, and that had significant and tragic results in the earth. The impact of man's fall was a devastating and tragic event, as was the fall of Satan, and had devastating and tragic results. The earth and mankind was now in a desperate and helpless situation, and only God's intervention could bring redemption. In the next part of the series, we will see how God himself came to the earth in Christ to accomplish for humanity what we failed to do, bringing salvation and redemption to all.
You have been listening to The Great Light Podcast. To find more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to support this program and partner with the Ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so through our website. There you can also find both video and audio versions of this podcast.